Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for men and women that serve in the house of the Lord, whose hearts consider your ways in our Filled with your, like Jesus says, I must be about my Father's business, Lord. We pray that you give us a heart for the kingdom of God, for the work of God, for the life in the Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that in this world, Father God, there's glory. But we're living for your glory, Lord, for the things that do not pass away, do not fade. Renew our spirit. Create a steadfast spirit in us. Give us a clean and pure heart that we might receive your word. And be empowered, O oh God, by your presence. We pray that your word this morning be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. That we might be stricken, Father God, in a direction that allows us to align ourselves with you, O oh God. Renew our minds and give us a, a heart, Father God, to receive and welcome your word. Make us your people. We want to know you. We want to be intimate with you. We want our children to know your power and your praise. We want our children to know a life of faith and be glorified today as we share your word. Bless it and that it not return void, that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts that give forth good fruit. A harvest that glorifies your name, Lord. Fill the earth with your glory through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. We were talking Wednesday about a faith that changes the world. A faith that changes the world. It's raining outside. Uh, listen to me. I don't know what these guys, these web, what are they called? Weather forecasters. They're horrible. They're horrible. Well, let's pray for them. They said no rain till the afternoon, right? Enjoy the morning. Okay, we're not going to listen to them. Um, 99% of the things that we worry about never come to pass, right? 99% of the things we worry about never take place. Um, so let's, let's set worry aside because it's just a distraction. But we were talking about Wednesday, a faith that changes the world. We were talking about we need to be wholesome and healthy in our faith. And so we talked about that on Wednesday. And I'm not going to share what I shared on Wednesday. You should have been here. The Lord's Supper every first Wednesday of the month uh, to sit down and celebrate the bread and the cup. Uh, you shouldn't miss that for the life of you. We only do it once a month in our church, every Wednesday, first Wednesday of the month. Um, you cannot get to heaven and sit down to celebrate with Jesus. He says, I won't participate of this until I come again. Um, you're not going to participate then when you don't participate here. We're, we're told that we're to do this in remembrance of him. So I want to encourage you to be here at the Lord's table whenever it's being celebrated. Um, So we were talking about faith, and we said that it's our way of life. There was a time we didn't have faith. There was a time that we did not know how to walk in the Lord. And I don't know if you remember those times. I don't forget when I was upon the earth without believing in God. I didn't know that God was real. And when somebody presented to me the gospel, um, I, I reluctantly... And with a lot of uh, doubt approached and thank God for that day that Jesus Christ came into my life. 
that now has become, since that happened 35 years ago, uh, my daily meditation is a relationship with God. It's from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. I, I love my wife. I think about her a lot. I love my children, my family. I love my friends. But, but God is, is at the forefront of, of my life now. Everything has to do with God and, and how he feels and what he thinks and, and what he likes and what his preferences. So we learn that faith is not living according to our preference. Um, Titus chapter 3 verse 3 says like this. We once lived according to the pleasures of this life. How many does this, does this can, uh, can, can talk about this? And we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures. That, that was our life. Uh, a lot of my, like my sons, for example, that were born in the Lord, um, they didn't have a life of debauchery and depravity. They didn't live for their pleasures because they were born in a house where since they were born, we're pleasing God. Uh, we don't watch pornography in our house. We don't watch wicked movies in our house. We, we, we are doing everything. We don't talk in a way that doesn't please God. In our house, my children have never seen or heard me punch a wall or kick a door. And, and I don't live like that. I would have lived like that without God. I would have been hateful. I would have been hating one another. But this was before our faith. We're no longer foolish. What characterizes us is wisdom. We're no longer disobedient. Uh, yes, uh, in our round table on Friday with Brandon, Brandon says, obedience equals blessing. I want the blessing, so I'm going to be obedient. Look, to be 21 and talk like that is awesome. It's awesome. Um, so uh, we don't have foolishness. We don't have disobedience. We're not living deceptive lives. You could come into our lives 24-7, and you'll see this reality of our faith. We don't serve our lust. We serve the Holy Spirit. We're moved by the Spirit of God. We're not seeking pleasure. Yesterday I put a page out because somebody asked me this week, Pastor, when marijuana becomes legal, does that mean we're okay? I go, it depends. If you want pleasure, you walk in that direction. But if you want to please God, you're not going to do what is legal. You're going to do what honors God. And, and you don't want to ruin social relationships. Um, wasteful lives you you want to not be wasted you want to be on your best um, and so that that was us before faith and so here it is our life is how we think through our senses based on what we see what we hear what we experience that's how we act and walk and that manner of life we follow and it's totally contrary to those who don't have faith. Uh, the people, I, I just, I can't believe how many young people are having sex. And, and they could care less. They live with each other. They don't get married. They don't honor their parents. They don't go to church. They don't read the Bible. They're not living according to faith. You and I are, hopefully. You and I are walking in the manner of the faith we have received. First uh, John 5, 4 says that everyone who walks in God is victorious. There's, there's a, a championing of life. 
whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That talks about being a champion to the things in this life. This is the victory that allows you to be a champion in this world if you have faith. Faith, the substance of things that you hope for. How does faith come? There's some people that have sick faith. Some people have diminished faith, poor faith, sick faith we talked about on Wednesday. Um, But the Lord wants us to have a healthy faith. And we know that the hardships, and we're not going to discount that because we're here upon the earth, subject to as many problems. um, I I don't know how you describe problems. One of the problems I met up with this morning was... um, a girl was going to get married in Australia, and she's so excited. It's her husband. And the night before her wedding, some woman sends her, your husband is cheating on you, and here's all the proof, the evidence. The night before, she's going to get married. So she goes to the wedding the next day. She's, she's a bride. He's saying his vows, and then she starts reading all the social media tweets. Instead of her reading the vows, she's reading what he is doing, cheating with another woman. That, that's severe, severe craziness in this world. Uh, it, we're, not, we're not above knowing that this and worse things take place because in our world, when it's talking about becoming an overcomer and a champion, it means in spite of crazy relationships, uh, sicknesses that come into our lives, Uh, financial problems, employment problems, the hardships of this life. Uh, When you have troubled children, troubled marriage, uh, you go through divorce. We're, we're We're not saying that the Bible is saying that these things don't exist. We're saying it doesn't matter that those things are in our lives. We're still champions. And I love... Uh, seeing the life of a young girl here in our church whose parents got divorced years ago, who has every reason in the world to curse God, curse the church, and curse life, and and she doesn't. She's overcoming because of her faith. She has a joy that nobody will take from her. It's just through the roof, amazing. I'm, I'm super blessed every time I see her. But So our faith, it goes beyond the present climate of setbacks and adversity. You describe it. I don't know what you're going through. I do know that every time I meet somebody and I measure their trial or their, you know, whatever their problem is, I could always take them easily to somebody who's going through a worse time. I easily, like this, like fast. I, I, could, I could say, I know you're going through diff- different problems, but look... Um, the other day I was talking to one guy. He's having issues with his children. And I said, there's some people that never even have children. How about that? That you never even have somebody to converse with. Even though if it's negative and it's bad, I'd rather have a child that has problems than to live in this world and never have a child. So that, that's a worse scenario. So take delight in the fact that you're having uh, issues with your children because at least you have them and and there's some people that will never have them and don't have a hope of ever having offspring and and that's a hardship but in the midst of all these things and we could describe them to where till we rot and die the bible says that we are more than overcomers romans 8 verse 35 
because of a relationship with God, who shall separate us from this relationship? It's a love relationship with Christ. No tribulation, distress, persecution, no famine, no nakedness, no peril, no sword. Now, all these to say that Christ is our provision for all things. He's not going to leave us out and dry. There is incredible provision in our love relationship with Christ to meet the most desperate. And, and I, I, that's why this year we're sharing that it's the year of testimony. I love to see the dire straits of humankind as God shows up with open arms to embrace and to say, come unto me. All those that are heavy laden and burdened, I'm your answer. I got, I, I got, I have substance. Uh, that's faith, the, the, the expectation, the substance of things hoped for. Um, faith comes in to conquest all these things. Our faith, I, I, if, if you say um, that you were to give up something in this life, the last thing I would give up is faith. Take everything, take whatever, take my health, take, take my economy, take my family, take, but don't take away my relationship with my God. Because in him, the God of all hope, I could be going through the worst of the worst and nothing can separate it. Verse 37, we read this also. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we're, we're, we're people uh, of constant controversy and, and conquest and battles. And, and, and we're, they're, they're, listen to me. There is not one coward in the ranks. Not one. There's a, the cowards are going to the pit of hell, uh, according to the last book of the Bible. And they're going before all else. They go before murderers and rapists and pedophiles. The Lord considers a coward the worst thing of the lot. Somebody who does not believe that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. So this makes us more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, in the midst of all these things, if you have a sorry, wimpy faith, then you are not striving towards this scenario. So here Ephesians 6.16 says, When the devil is launching hell and high water in your direction, and he's just throwing darts and arrows and trying to destroy your faith, you raise up the shield of faith. You're, you're like, yeah, my God. And you say this, but my God. You say that, but my God. And this is going on, but my God. And you're hanging on to your relationship, your love relationship with God. That at the end of the day, is, is, is the foundations of every other thing that we enjoy in our life, our faith with God. If it's diminished and sick... Then, then you're not being very successful at being able to, to overcome and to walk into. The Bible calls those that are shipwrecked in the faith. Those that, that abandon the faith. Those that, that are no longer in Christ. They're living for the things of this world. They have uh, betrayed and become enemies of the cross. They're not, they're not walking for God anymore. Uh, and I, I've seen so many in my lifetime that are no longer walking with God. So in the attempt of the devil to throw fiery darts at me, I'm going to make sure that my faith is healthy. 
And, and for whatever it's worth, you got to get around healthy people to know that your faith is healthy. Because there, there's some people that, that, you know, they're not withstanding every assault of the enemy. They're not quenching. That means extinguishing those fiery darts. Those fiery darts are, are setting their, their, their faith on fire, their life on fire, their marriage on fire. Who's, who's all doing that? The wicked one. They're not able to distinguish that. So um, where is the devil launching these darts? There's two areas the Bible talks about that affect your faith. Say with me, heart and mind. Heart are the things you feel. Mind are the things you think. This is good. Heart, the devil wants to infect your heart. So you feel different than what God wants you to feel. And your mind, you're thinking different than the Lord wants you to think. So there it is. Um, these two aspects of our faith, heart and mind. If they're infected, uh, here's how they're infected. You're feeling with your heart and you're thinking with your mind what is destroying you. So how is it that we preserve these things? Um, there, there was a time in my life. I was shaken to the core with a trial, with, with adversity, with, with, I mean, just if, if this, the Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. You grab this tree and you shake it and everything that's loose is coming down. I was shaken to the core and you want to know, am I right or am I wrong? Am I living for God or, or is I, am I off course? And the Lord gave me Psalm 26, and I cried out to God like David did, Lord, vindicate me. Make sure that what I'm living is what you want me to live, for I've walked in my integrity. I've also trusted the Lord. I want to put my faith in God so I do not slip. I don't want to mess up. Tell me where I need to be fixed. Tell me where my life has gone off course. Tell me if I've fallen short. I want to know the areas of my faith that are open to the devil's attack. And then he says in verse 2, examine me. Where? In my mind and in my heart. See if, if I'm thinking right. Are my thoughts correct? Are my feelings in my heart correct? Or did the devil's fiery dart get in my thoughts so I'm stinking thinking. I'm, I'm thinking stuff that's rotten. That's why I'm not, I don't have clarity. Uh, this week, a, a, a gentleman called me. He says, Pastor, I'm just very stressed. And I said, there's no stress in the presence of God. What's that mean? You get in the presence of God, my friend. Quit with you being outside of God's presence. So you're wearing it strong because God is not around. So, Lord, take an x-ray of me. In my innermost, from, the, my, from my head to my feet. Examine me. Take tests. See if I have some funky virus in this bloodline, in this blood system. Try my mind. Put my heart to test because that will determine what comes next. My, my people, uh, feelings and thinking are going to lead the course of your conduct. 
Proverbs 4.23, Lord, watch over, he tells us, watch over your heart. A lot of people are about to ride some nasty roller coasters, and it's because they're feeling things that they shouldn't be feeling, and they're thinking things they shouldn't be thinking. So you're responsible, we said, to keep your soul, to keep your spirit. That's been the word that's been coming out. Um, Keep what comes in the influence of your heart. What has access to your heart, keep it with all diligence, for out of it comes the course of life. The rivers, the current of the rivers in your life are going to come as a result of what you allow to occupy your heart. And that is what's going to drive your priorities and your values. So keep it with all your keeping, for out of it flows the issues of life. It doesn't matter what is happening in your life, the situation or the circumstance. If your heart is kept healthy, you're not going to move in the wrong direction. The devil cannot move you. If you go back to Psalm 26, he says, Lord, test my heart and my mind. Verse 3 says, Because I want to walk in the current of your love. Your love is what's to guide my life. Uh, Your faith, not my fear. I've walked in your truth. I don't want to be distorted in what I feel and what I think. Because it's going to come and pervert my faith. It's it's going to be viral. I'm going to be thinking wrong, feeling wrong, and ending up in the wrong place. The day that I wrote here, the devil is able to drive you in the direction of the things you feel and think. So your faith carries you out of wrong feelings and wrong thinking into right feelings and right thinking. And there you have, I believe, Philippians 4.8, where he says, not only am I going to guard my heart, I'm going to guard my thoughts. Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, things that are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, healthy things of good report, of virtue. If there's praiseworthiness, meditate on these things. Allow your heart to have a sentiment that's healthy, guard it, and allow your thoughts to be healthy. And that gives the course and the way to a faith that overcomes, a faith that carries you over these things that are contrary. I, I, I want to make sure that I'm filtering. I know that things are going to come and they're contrary, but I'm going to make sure that, that I guard my faith so that I walk in God's purpose even in the midst of crazy circumstances. I, I don't want to... You know, the devil says, hey, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. Your heart be infected, your thoughts be twisted. Now, let's drive in this life. And you're going in the direction of Satan. You're, you're walking based on fear. You're not walking based on hearing God's word, Romans 10, 17, that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. At every crossroads of life, it doesn't matter what I'm going through, I say, Lord, what do you say? Because I know what people are saying. I know what circumstances are saying. I know what the devil is shooting me and wanting to 
color my portrait. But God, what do you say in the midst of this situation? And, and that's where faith issues from. I want to live life not on the basis of my heart and mind, but hearing God's word and then that feeding my faith so that I can prosper. Because I know that everything the devil's launching in my direction is to thwart my compass. The word of God will always give me a clear direction in the compass I'm to move in. Joshua 1.8, if you meditate on the book of the law and not depart it from how you think in your heart, you shall meditate upon it day and night. You shall observe to do according to what is written in the word. Then you will make your way successful, prosperous, and have good success. So, Lord, in the midst of my faith walk, your word has to be the light unto my path. John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you get the product of our faith. You will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. This is, this is you know, in darkness in the world. This is light in the midst of darkness. And so while things are very scary and people are living outside, I, I want to challenge you, everything you read on the newspaper, every report you get on an email, every statistic, every research, all that stuff is taken from people in darkness. Hypertension, uh, car, uh, cardiac problems, uh, blood pressure, all this stuff are people that are in the world and we have overcome the world. Our faith is living in a different direction, different mindset. We're not, we're not under the yoke of that craziness. So there it is. Uh, we, we're focused on the word. The, the word sets our course and then our words, our prayers are consistent with the Word of God. Here, in the midst of whatever you're going through, you go to the Word. The Word sets your course and you start praying so that your heart and mind, there in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. Don't jump on the roller coaster of craziness, hypertension, anxiety, worry, those deep sentiments that stir the soul, but in everything, that's that we go from nothing to everything in one blink of an eye. Don't worry about nothing, but in everything, pray. Talk with God. Let Him know your request. You know who, who are the people that pray? People that have faith. People that don't have faith don't pray. They just wear heavy their anxiety, their worry. They're looking for natural answers for these aspects that bring anxiety and worry and stress into our life. We're before the presence of God praying according to his word, making to know his promises. Verse 7, what for? Why do we pray? So that your heart and mind, I don't know if you see them there. Do you see them? The peace of God who surpasses all things that you could under withstand will guard your heart and mind. Faith is a, a guard for your thoughts in your mind and the feelings of your heart. Those are the things that are, are driving our life. I'm going this way, I'm going this way. It depends on what you're allowing to infect your mind. And if that mind and those thoughts are, 
are surrendered to God and your heart continues to surrender to God and not to bleed to death. I'm not going to dispose of this thing that carries my heart and my mind in Christ. That's my faith. And John 16, 1, he says, I've told you these things so you're not caught off guard and don't fall away. I'm telling you that these things are going to occur in your lifetime. But through the word of God and prayer, we sustain ourselves in the midst of adversity. This is a great preaching. I wish I got a lot more amens. Yes. God wants you to be a champion. And it doesn't happen because you have certain personal preferences in the natural world. It's because you engage in a supernatural world. He tells us these things, times of trouble will come, but I'm telling you these things so you do not stumble, so you do not allow them to affect your lives. John 16, 23, he finishes this chapter by saying, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he will give you. That's the relationship. And we're not chasing the things of this world. They're empty promises. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go in that direction. Uh, Romans 12, 2, the Bible says our transformation in the word of God and in prayer is so that we not be conformed to this world. We're not going to walk like the people in this world walk. I, I have a, I, I do this plenty over the last 35 years. I take a consensus what do people do that don't know God, that don't believe in God, that don't pray, that don't read the word of God, that aren't walking in obedience? Whatever they're doing, these people that are unbelievers, I'm not doing. There was a time 20 years ago, everybody went through the financial craziness of, ah, we're going to buy, we're going to invest, real estate. Ah. I didn't buy a single thing because I'm not going to be moved by what moves the world. And everybody who moved in that direction lost big because the world doesn't know where it's to move. Find out where the circle of your ungodly friends are moving and you are different. Amen. You're not doing what they do. But how are we going to win them? Listen, they come to you. You don't go to them. Amen. I was waiting for my best friend for 30 years. And you know what? He came running in this direction because I never went in his direction. I was never with him in that craziness. So he ran to the rock. I didn't go to the, to the what's it called, quicksand? Or people are dying? Or people are, are suffering? So whatever the worldly people that have no faith are doing, you are the light. You're doing something opposite. You have a different course of fellowship. Um, so it's super important to renew your mind, not being conformed, 12-2, not being conformed, taking the form of the world, but being transformed if you renew your mind. If you think differently, you get different results. We've talked about that many times. So that we can live this good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, pursuing his pleasure and not ours. How we think can determine our feelings. And how we act will determine our behavior. Overwhelming darkness in our life will lead us to a life without faith, hope, or love. We need to be around strong people. 
That's how I have been able to strengthen my faith. It's, it's, it's being around healthy people, people that, that in the midst of darkness, they're hanging on to God like nobody else would, would hang on to God. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith being the substance of the things we are longing for. We hope for these things to come into our life. The, the evidence of things we do not see, we're moving in a direction that's going to be our reality pretty soon. We're not living by sight. We're living by faith. We're imitating those who have obtained the promises of God through patience. One of the sad things about Christians is they don't wait long enough for God to show up. And then they take off and they do all sorts of things. So in the midst of waiting for God to answer our prayer, in the midst of having strong fellowship with people of faith, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, we our we are giving God praise and thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for what I'm waiting for. Lord, thank you for your promises fulfilled. Lord, thank you that you've always been faithful. Lord, thank you that there's nothing impossible for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In everything, giving thanks, this is the will of God. As you give thanks, you can almost taste and see and feel what you, God has promised in your life. If you're not thanking and you're complaining all the sort... You're just making the world a reality. Number seven, and we finish with this. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, he wants to keep you in faith entirely, your body, soul, and spirit. Blameless, without fault, until the Lord returns. Uh, there's two things that are happening here as we wait upon the Lord. One, is the Lord going to fulfill his promises in our life? Yes and amen. His promises are yes and amen. Two, is Jesus going to come back today? Yes. His, his return is imminent. That means he's about to come and arrive on the scene. Yesterday, we went out to dinner and we're sitting in a, in a, in a, in a public area and, and we're seeing wickedness on every side. Parents were at a local bar with two little kids getting drunk. And their little kids are next to them and they're, they're drinking drinks. And that, that used to not be the case. Parents didn't take their kids to get drunk. Um, I, I don't know how it happens. But as we're looking at these things, we're saying, you know something? The Bible says when the Holy Spirit and the church leaves, nothing else will restrain wickedness. The only thing holding back from everything going chaotically into hell on earth's surface is the church and the Holy Spirit. It's restraining evil. It's keeping evil back. The only people that care about righteousness and the kingdom of God are the people of God. Once they're gone, all hell is going to break loose upon the earth. So we are focusing upon our body, our soul, and our spirit. Going back that to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, our waiting and expectation to be blameless at the Lord's return. Meanwhile, in our faith, we're 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all our anxiety upon him. Everything that you're carrying heavy, launch it into the feet of Christ. Cast your cares upon him. For Why? Because he cares for you. He's concerned about you. He wants to carry what is heavy in your life. The Amplified says like this, casting all cares, anxieties, and worries, all your concerns 
once for all upon him, for he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you carefully. I don't know if you know this, I know this, that his care over you is meticulous. I'm talking about microscopic concern for you. Whenever the devil wants to make you feel that you're not being taken care of and you're you're distant from a mighty God, uh, you can say you're a liar. Because our God is meticulous in his care for us, and that is our faith. Amen? Absolutely. So as we meditate over these things, uh, I, I pray that you have heard the word of God for you in the midst of all the chaos and the climate of, of craziness. Your faith is undeterred, unstained, solidly progressing in the direction of God's purpose. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you for this week of vacation Bible school for the children. We pray that you minister to them, that they were able to capture that in the midst of a crazy life, God is good. When life gets dark, you are good. When life gets scary, you are good. When life gets difficult, you are good. When life is good, you continue to be good. So we pray, Father God, that our faith would be polished and healthy and restored. That we return to the tenets, the foundations of our faith, Lord. That there we are immovable. We're steadfast, solid. We pray for prosperity in your purpose. We pray that this coming weeks and this summer will be a time of prosperity, peace, and relaxation. That you continue to add to us, to make us strong. That our faith is vibrant. That it infects and is contagious to those that are around us. Father, that many would come in our direction and that would be born again and know God and live for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen. God bless you.